Hi, this is Ali Ciardo and the Photo Field Notes podcast, and this episode is brought to you in part by Big Picture CPA. If you are completely overwhelmed with your accounting, your bookkeeping, you can go to photofieldnotes.com shop and you can book a free 15-minute call with an accountant. And this is an accountant that specializes in photographers. So it's Big Picture CPA. They have accounting. They have bookkeeping. Go check it out, photofieldnotes.com shop. Welcome to the Photo Field Notes podcast where you'll find stories, tips, and inspiration from professional photographers to get you taking action in your own business and making your business dreams a reality. Hi, everybody. This is Ali Ciardo, and I'm here today with Dave Lorenzo, and he is the guy who can share all the inside business success secrets for us today. Um, so if you are looking to close a deal and close it in, let's say, 60 seconds, like really make that great impression, he's your guy. If you're looking to make money and you don't want to overwork yourself, this is something that many of us are familiar with, he's here to help us. So first of all, Dave, welcome to the Photo Field Notes podcast. Thank you so much. It's just a pleasure to be with you today. Photographers are some of my favorite people. They create magic all the time. And as an amateur photographer myself, I wish I could be 10% as good as some of the folks who are listening today. So it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, and I think they're going to appreciate you being here because photographers, we're typically known as being very creative people. We really love the storytelling and the people side, but a lot of us just do not like the sales side or the business side. And so that's kind of where you come in to help um, guide some of us to be better at this. So before we, before we get into your specific tips, which I know are going to be great, um, I'd love to just hear your backstory of like, give us more details about what you do and how you got into what you do today. Sure, sure. So I was working, I was running a business for a large consulting company, uh, the Gallup organization. Many people know the Gallup poll. They have a big consulting business and I ran their New York office and I was scheduled to meet my fiance at the time, uh, who's now my wife. And it was the middle of December. It's really cold. And usually right before Christmas, consulting takes a break because nobody nobody wants to see a consultant or start a new project. So this is the time when we finish up our reports and we get ready to present findings in January because that's how consultants develop new business, right? So I'm sitting in my office and working on just a, a regular project. My assistant comes running in and she says, uh, Pfizer's my biggest client. She, she runs in the office and she says, Jeff Kindler's on the phone and he wants to talk to you immediately. I'm, I said, Jeff Kindler, that's the CEO of Pfizer. She said, well, it's his assistant. They want to talk to you now. So I pick up the phone. I was due to report out on a study in mid-January that we were doing for Pfizer's year-long study. And they, the assistant says to me, Jeff wants you to come over uh, as soon as you can and deliver the results of this study. He's going to be in China when you're presenting to the management committee and the board. So he wants a preview because he's not going to be there. I said, no problem. Give me a week. I'll get the team together. We'll put together some really good-looking reports. I'll do a 30-minute high-level overview, and he can ask all the questions she want, he wants. She says, no, 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 you don't get it. He wants you here today. So Jeff Kindler was, a, was an intense guy, okay? He, uh, he was a general counsel for Pfizer before he became CEO. He's, uh, he's exited the business now, and he's just been a very – he was always an intense individual. So I dropped what I was doing, called my fiance, and I said, listen, I'm not going to be able to meet you for lunch. Um, and she said, what else is new? Because I had a habit of spending more time at work than I did at home. I mean, if you looked at me at the time, I was I was 40 years old. I was overweight and, you know, made more money than I really needed, but never had any time to spend it or enjoy it. Traveling every Friday, uh, traveling home on Fridays, back out on Sunday night. 
So I go to Jeff's and I'm, I'm headed down in the elevator, put my coat on, run out into the street. I get to the corner of 6th Avenue and 43rd Street and I get struck by a taxi cab oh, while crossing the street. This is like a and, movie. This is crazy. Yeah. So uh, I don't I, the, the next thing I remember, uh, I was paralyzed from my armpits down. Next thing I remember is being wheeled down the hall of St. Vincent's Hospital, strapped to a backboard on a gurney looking up at ceiling tiles. And, you know, I'm not an overly religious person, but I did what most people do in that situation. I made a bargain with God. And I said, look, if you get me out of this mess, I'm going to make some changes and I'm going to live life on my terms. And one of those changes is to really work to live and not live to work. So, uh, and Allie can see me, so she can see I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Uh, I've had two kids since then. Everything works. It's important for me that you know that everything works. Okay. So totally <laughs> fine. I recovered. It was, you know, it wasn't the most fun thing that I ever went through, but it changed my life in that I kept my promise and it wasn't so much the promise to God. It was the promise to myself that I would create a business that enabled my lifestyle. So that was 16 years ago, and now I do the same thing with people who are in intense occupations. So photographers, a lot of them are entrepreneurs, and being an entrepreneur is intense in and of itself, but when you create the product and you have to create the product all the time, you feel like you're on a hamster wheel or you're on a roller coaster because you get this great project, you work on the project, and then you got to find the next project. And, you know, that's the, the level of intensity that can really drive you crazy. Then you throw a pandemic into the mix and, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? How are we going to get work from now on? So that that's a that's kind of my background. And that brings us to, I think, why this conversation may resonate with a lot of the people listening today. It's really interesting because I think that a lot of photographers go into this business. You know, you kind of have I used to run a business. It was it was kind of a similar story, except I didn't get I didn't have to get hit by a car to um, have the yeah, epiphany. You were smarter. You were a lot smarter <laughs> than me. It didn't take you getting run over. Yeah. But instead, I had a baby and that was what did it. So it's, you know, it's a similar like a big life moment where I ran a company and my goal was just like to scale and make as much money as possible. And then I realized, wow, I actually want to live kind of like this lifestyle business where I still want to make good, solid money and become comfortable, but I also want to have flexibility. And so I think a lot of photographers get into photography with a similar mentality that they aren't necessarily in it to scale into like a multi-million dollar business. That's pretty rare for um, the majority of photographers to get there. We're looking to build a sustainable, comfortable business that fits our lives. But there are challenges because we can be, like I said, we can be these really creative photographers who love what we do, but we still, at the end of the day, we have to make the sale in order to sustain the business. So photographers, we love people, but we don't necessarily like sales. So how can we like give us some quick tips on how we can get in there and connect with people quickly and start to make those sales if we really don't know what we're doing? Yeah. So the thing that I think we, we really need to start with is what is your client looking to achieve from working with you? Most photographers are fantastic at framing the shot and capturing the moment, but that's only half of the reason why we need you. We need you because we want something to happen when somebody looks at that image, right? So if you started every interaction you had with, tell me about the best picture that was ever taken of you. 
and ask somebody why it was such a great picture, they're not going to tell you, oh, it's because the lighting was absolutely perfect and they caught me in a moment and they used black and white and black and white was perfect for this moment. That's not what they're going to say. They're going to say, I'll show you. And they'll pull out their phone. They'll pull out an iPad or, you know, if they're if they're old school, they'll pull out an album and they'll say this picture right here. And here's the reason why this person just told me a great joke and that great joke really encapsulates my relationship. See that smile? That's a genuine smile that can only come from being in the company of the person who I was with at the moment. And I'll give you an example of that. So I had, we had a great, a phenomenal photographer at my wedding. I got married in 2006. We had a great photographer at that wedding and he captured this moment of my, my wife's cousin who was the maid of honor in a genuine fall down, uh, like laughing moment before the ceremony, which encapsulates everything that's about our relationship with her. It's my favorite picture from our entire, I mean, hundreds of photos of our wedding album, my favorite picture from our wedding album, but my it's my favorite picture of Kat. Her name's Kathleenig, we call her Kat. It's my favorite picture of her because it really shows what our relationship with her is all about. And so if you're a photographer and you want to sell, don't try and sell. Just ask questions that get behind what you're, what the, the subject of your photography is looking to accomplish. So think about the reason that you're there. You're there for a specific purpose. Now, look, if you're doing corporate work and I, we bring in photographers all the time when I used to have events to shoot me at events. And I would say to the photographer, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that one moment when I'm describing something passionately and you can feel my passion for what I do. If you, if that's all you capture today, you'll have done a fantastic job. As a photographer, that's the first thing you should ask. And then when, when somebody says to you, yeah, this photo here, you know, you can say, well, talk about the next situation you're going to be in that you'd like photographed and tell me what you'd like to capture and I'll explain why I think I'm the perfect person for capturing that. And they tell you what they're looking to capture. You can do one better. You can go back through the archives of your photos and you can find three photos where you've captured something similar and share it. And you're, the work is selling you more than you're selling you. You've just asked a question that leads them to some of your best work. Does that make sense? Yeah, and actually, it kind of harkens back to a book that I just started reading called Stories That Stick. And it's kind of mm -hmm. the idea that, you know, storytelling is so much more powerful than just feature. It's kind of like, I think, story brand, this whole idea. So instead of saying, like you said, oh, yes, I have this gear and I have this lighting and I have this, you know, whatever experience. It's you're really talking about storytelling at the end of the day that um, whether it's, you know, telling stories to show what you can do or really as a photographer you are telling stories for people that capture these emotions and that's kind of um what our end goal is so showing it through story sounds like it's useful do you am i getting that right or do you think there's more to yeah 100 percent. i think the the person who's the you're the person who's paying your bill wants to evoke some emotion from someone who is going to look at your photos 
So when they tell you that, and they're, they're, they're not gonna come out and say, I wanna look at your photo, I wanna remember this day, and I want tears of joy to immediately flow from my face. They're not gonna tell you that. So you have to understand what they're saying and read into what they're saying. But once you do, then you go to your, to your body of work and you find two or three images. And when people look at the images, they immediately feel that emotion and that person's gonna go, you understand me. And then here's what you have when that happens. You don't just have a client for that one gig. You then have a client for life. You've got somebody who's going to use you for every special occasion, who's going to use you for every corporate event. Now you mentioned, Ali, um, you know, in our, in our pre-show conversation, you mentioned a lot of photographers wanna target the affluent. I have to tell you that it's so much more important to get the emotional aspects of this right when you're targeting the affluent. And here's the reason why. Affluent individuals, affluent family members, or even companies with large budgets, they, they're working on the premise that if you do a great job, they're never gonna have to look for a photographer again. But we as practitioners, we usually don't think like that. We usually think about, okay, this gig starts at two and then I got a wedding tonight that starts at eight. So I got to be done there by five so I can get in the car and put all my gear away and, and schlep up to the, to the next gig, right? What we should be thinking about is, all right, this gig that starts at two, this person is just starting their life with their, with their significant other, with their spouse. They're going to have baby pictures. They're going to have family events. They're going to have a lifetime of events. I want to be the person that captures all of them. So here's what I need to do. Here are the steps I need to take in order to make this person feel like they're the most important client I've ever had. And then the wedding tonight, well, that's fantastic. I'm going to do the same thing there. The corporate event, this event planner doesn't want to have to ever search for another photographer again. I'm going to make sure I know exactly what she wants to capture from an emotional standpoint, who the key players are that she needs to get the best shots of. And then I'm going to make sure I do everything I can to build a relationship first. And then, you know, guess what happens? If you have a great relationship with that person, your work looks a hundred times better. Think about showing a picture to your mom, right? Your mom loves every, the worst picture you've ever had, right? Bad lighting, uh, you know, you captured somebody smiling, your mom's gonna say, oh, that's a wonderful picture. Well, it's because your mom cares about you and you have a relationship with her, right? Every picture you ever take, every event you ever shoot looks better, a hundred times better if you have a relationship with that person. So don't think about sales and selling. Thinking about, think about collecting relationships. And once you have this collection of relationships, the work will follow. I've also found that's useful. Recently, I've been, as I've been interviewing other people and talking about the importance of video and, you know, and storytelling testimonials, I have decided to go back to my favorite previous clients and ask them to do video testimonials for me. And if I didn't have a relationship with them, and I don't necessarily with everybody, you know, some of these are 30 minute shoots in and out and I do my best, but it's just not the same. But those are the people who can also come and create that video testimonial who are excited to do it and to share. And so I think I, I think you're absolutely dead on that relationships are everything. And it also sounds like you're saying, you know, ask, don't tell, like ask questions right up front, find out what they need right up front. So next up, when it comes to, let's say we're in that process, we've asked some questions and um, we've gotten to know what it is that they want. And now we're putting together a proposal what should we do with that proposal? Is it just about making sure that we're answering exactly what they want? How can we make our proposal stand out from competitors who are also pitching for this project? 
Yeah, no, great, great question. So my focus on proposals has always been the proposal just confirms the conversation we've already had. So too many people are too shy about talking about money, right? I know that you're a photographer and you have a specific skill set and that skill set is going to cost me money because not just anybody can do it, especially if you're really, really good. So you should have had a conversation that ticks all the boxes on your proposal up front before you send them anything. I So many people uh, will have a great meeting and they let the person walk out of the room without the person knowing, hey, how much is this going to cost without getting a, a, a defined answer as to whether they're going to be working together or not. So here are the steps involved. This is going to this is going to change the lives of the of the people who are listening. Here are the steps involved in making sure that everyone who sits across from you gives you an answer before they get up, and then you make sure that you're getting exactly what you need from that person. The first thing you have to do is you have to qualify the person before there's ever a meeting, right? So they call you on the phone and they say they're shopping around for a photographer. First thing you're looking for is you're looking for someone who is who's a good fit. So in consulting, we say that this person has to have a problem you can solve. Well, everybody who calls you is going to need a photographer, but they don't necessarily need you and your style. So what are you looking to accomplish with, with this event? Um, and why uh, are, is the photography aspect of it important? Are you just recording it for posterity? I mean, if you're just doing that, you can put a video camera in the ceiling and, you know, turn it on. I can walk away and come back two hours later. No, no, no. We we want to capture the genuine happiness or blah, 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 whatever. So what are they looking to accomplish by hiring a photographer? Okay. If they're a fit for that, then you move on to the second aspect. And the second aspect is tell me a little bit about the process you're going through to make your decision on hiring a photographer. And then they're gonna say, well, what we're doing is we're calling a lot of people and we're looking at a lot of people's work and we wanna get a sense for how much this is gonna cost. I understand, I, I totally get it. But you don't wanna meet with that person just yet. What you wanna say to that person is, uh, the way I work is I wanna be the last meeting that you have because my preference is that when we meet and I show you my work, you and I get to make a decision together as to whether or not we're a good fit. You're gonna have some questions you wanna ask me, I'll have some questions I wanna ask you. At the end of our time together, either we're gonna decide, yes, we're a good fit and we're gonna to work together, or no, and we just part company as friends, and you know, I got to meet somebody new and maybe we'll work together down the road. So if you agree to do that, then there's the potential that we could that we could work together. Does that make sense? And the person will say, absolutely. I've got three more calls to make. After I make those three calls, I'll set the appointments and then I'll make sure you're last. Great. So the third thing you want to do when you're qualifying is you want to make sure that they can afford you. So you're going to say something to the effect of, listen, I, I'm going to be kind of indelicate about this, but it's important so that we don't waste each other's time what's your budget for this? How much were you planning on spending for photography? I mean, I know if you've got an event, you've got six, seven, eight, 10, 20 other things that you've got to spend money on. How much did you have allocated for photography? Just give me a rough estimate. I, I don't need an exact number. Now, you know what's going to happen. They're going to say, oh, we don't know. I mean, like, like they don't have a budget, right? Everybody's got a budget for everything. Oh, we don't know. I'm not sure. Blah, blah, blah. Look, I get it. This is overwhelming. I understand. Here's the thing. Most people, when they tell me they don't know, they're trying to be coy and they don't really want to tell me what they had in line for a budget for a photographer. So let's do this. I'm going to guess a number. And as long as I am either 
at the number or under the number, you tell me good and we'll have the meeting. If the number's too high, you say, you know what, it's not gonna make sense. And then you give them a number that's a legitimate number for you that's on the low end of the range. You know, the, the minimum threshold for working with me is X dollars. What do you think? Oh, I, I think that's in our I think that's in our ballpark. Okay, great. So then you set the meeting, right? They come to the meeting, you go through everything you go through with, with the meeting. I would expect you would show some work, you would talk about uh, other people uh, that you've done the similar work for. And then you get to the part where it's about time to make a decision. And you say, have I answered all your questions? All right, this is at the end of the in-person meeting, right? Have I answered all your questions? Yes, you have. Okay, well, you answered all my questions. I like you a lot. I think we could have a relationship even beyond this specific activity, this specific gig. Um, I think we're a good fit what do you think? And then they're going to say, well, you know, that depends because, you know, we're, we're budget conscious, we're sensitive. And then you say, I appreciate that. Let's talk about money right now. And here's the thing. I only like to talk about money one time. I don't want money to get involved in the, the, the big day. I don't want money to get involved in the event. So we're going to go through this. And I promise we're never going to have to discuss money again. And then you give them three options. Okay. You never offer a take it or leave it. And this is all in person. Okay. And you should, practice with your friends, practice with your family. So you get comfortable having this discussion. I promise you it's going to save you huge aggravation, right? So I'm going to give you the options. The first is exactly in line with what you told me your budget was. The second is your budget. Here's the thing. You told me that it was important to make sure you captured all the emotions. I'm going to bring a second shooter with me and they're going to go around and get table shots. And then the third is going to be, um, we're going to bring uh, additional drones and we're going to cover you pulling up to the event with two drone shots from two different angles. We're also going to do group shots outside with the drones. It's going to look spectacular. And we're going to offer you not only your choice of photos, we're going to give you all of the proofs. You can take all the proofs and do whatever you want. We're going to save everything electronically. So if you call me five years later and you tell me about your event, I'm going to be able to go in and pick any shot, any shot you want, reproduce it and make sure it looks exactly as good as the day we took it. So those are the three options. Which one of these would you like to discuss in more detail? They'll pick one. They'll discuss one. Then you're going to say, okay, this is option two. You've settled on option two. That's great. That's how much this is going to be. I'm going to send you a proposal or I'm going to print out right now a proposal and just bring it out confirming it. If you're ready to go, all we need to do is you just give me a, give me a deposit and I can hold the date for you right now. That's it. That's all you need to do. Now, when you've given them three options, what have you done? You've removed the take it or leave it, right? And if they want to negotiate, all they need to do is pick a different option. They're not negotiating against you. They're basically negotiating with themselves, right? So this sounds like a long involved process. My recommendation is that everybody create a checklist with scripts for how they would do this right now, practice with your family and friends, internalize the information so that it becomes natural for you to do it. When you do this, you'll find most of the time people pick a higher level option than you initially offered. People will not negotiate with you. They're not going to weasel price down. They're going to pick a different option. You're going to make people force themselves to look really hard at you because you're the only one that's given them these different choices. And you had a system and a process. And if somebody says, hey, you know, why, why should I work with you? You say, well, look at the way I've handled our relationship to this point. Everything had a process designed to deliver the outcome you want, okay? This is just 
the way I handle new friends. Imagine once we have a relationship, once I get on site, everything I do is going to run exactly the way this process ran. It's gonna be like clockwork. This is the last thing you're gonna to have to focus on during this really important day. So that's a very long answer, but I just gave you a process for not only increasing your average transaction size, but also for closing deals whenever anyone's sitting across from you. And Ali, one more thing before, uh, before we move off of this topic. If somebody's not a good fit, do yourself and that client a favor and liberate them to pursue another photographer. Don't take crappy business. That is the worst thing you can do because you're not going to be able to do your best work and you're going to be miserable. You're going to regret it the whole time. Yeah. All right. I'm going to I'm going to bring in a question that I bet a lot of photographers will ask and something that I've run into, too. Um, I absolutely agree. Meeting in person is the most ideal. And before COVID-19, meeting in person was my go-to way unless somebody, I do deal with a lot of clients who are out of town and, and can't meet in person. What I have found, especially in this current age, is a couple of things. Um, so let's take weddings as an example. I think that in business, probably, I'm already realizing what I'm doing and I just want to hear your opinion on it, like what I could fix. But what happens is in the age of COVID-19, I set a meeting with, let's say a couple for their wedding and I expect them both to be on and I say I'll meet you both on this day send the reminder and then what happens is I get on the call and I try to do a face-to-face call but sometimes they'll be like uh we kind of look crappy you know we work from home every day we don't put clothes on anymore so we just like let's just not do a let's not do a video call we'll just do a voice call and I'll say oh is you know is the the man there and they'll say oh no he's over on the couch watching tv he's like half paying attention but he'll jump in if he needs to and he's like not really involved and Mm. so and now of course i'm realizing as we're having this conversation like i need to set expectations that this is going to be a video call you should like you know get out of your pajamas if you're afraid to be in your pajamas or i don't care um and that you should both be on the call or possibly even parents should if they're financially involved or coming in with um coming and knowing what you can spend. But then the other thing that happens frequently is that people, well, especially because, you know, the guys over on the couch watching TV, not paying attention, they say, okay, well, we'll talk about it and get back to you. So let's pick apart what I'm doing wrong and what I'm sure most photographers in the same situation are experiencing and how we can fix that. Yeah. Okay. Especially in COVID and times of COVID, before the meeting even takes place, you need to send uh, what I would call like a shock and awe packet to them. You're going to send it in a FedEx envelope, and here's what it's going to contain. The first thing it's going to contain is it's going to contain a dozen shots from a similar event. So if it's a wedding, your 12 best wedding shots, whatever whatever shots you're most proud of, right? If it's a corporate event, you're going to send, you know, a corporate uh, shots from corporate uh, events, and then you're going to send letters of recommendation or written testimonial from as many people as you can. I have my clients go out and try and get one new testimonial every week. We can talk about ways to do that in a few minutes, but if you're if you have 50 written and testimonials. You're going to put everything in a folder, your, your shots, uh, a cover letter telling them how, uh, how much of an honor it is to be, uh, to be selected to, to talk about their wedding. Um, you're going to put your letters of recommendation in there and you're going to put it in a FedEx packet and you're going to send it over to them. So you will then be, I'm 
almost positive you will be the only photographer that has sent 50 testimonials, 50 letters of recommendation uh, to these people to review in advance. And what you're going to say is in the letter, you're going to say after you've reviewed this entire packet and after both of you uh, have have made a decision that um, that hiring a photographer is important enough for everyone to interview that photographer. I want you to schedule an appointment to speak with me. It'll be a 15 minute video appointment. And it's very important that everyone is on the call. So both of you are on the call and I'm on the call because I'm also, and this is really important. I'm also going to be interviewing you as I'm sure you can understand. Not every client is a good fit for me. I want to make sure that we're going to do our best work together. So you and I have to develop a relationship because a wedding is an intimate event and you have to have an intimate relationship with your photographer. Otherwise, we're not going to get the best shots out of you. So that's going to spark a discussion between the couple, right? The couple, the, the woman is going to say to the man or, you know, in some cases, one partner will say to the other partner, listen, you got to be on this call. I don't understand. It's a photographer. How difficult could it be? No, here's the thing. She said that if we're not both on the call, she's not going to get the best out of us that day. Hmm. Did any other photographer tell you that? No, nobody else told me that. Hmm. Well, this person seems like they're really serious. All right, I'll be on the call. It's only 15 minutes, right? Yeah, it's only 15 minutes. So when you send out the confirmation to make sure that they get the date and they're on, it's, you put it, you highlight it. It's critically important that both of you are with me for this 15-minute phone call. And, you know, are there going to be times when people are going to, you know, one, one of the two of them is going to blow it off? Sure. Uh, does that mean you shouldn't bring them on as a client? Well, I mean, you got to put it in context, right? If the person had an emergency and, and one of the one of the two people had to take the dog to the vet or something. OK, no problem. Right. Last minute meeting came up at the office and only one of them can be there. All right. I get it. Fine. But most of the time, both of them will be there. And, you know, you're going to differentiate yourself by your thoroughness, your dedication to the long term relationship. And that's the other thing. All of your collateral, everything you send to them multiple times should mention that you want to be the person that captures the most important moments in their life, not just this one day. Now, if it's a corporate gig, right? You want to be the person that seamlessly, that effortlessly helps capture the most important moments and emotions associated with this event. You know, corporate, obviously, you want to blend into the background. You can't be intrusive, but you still have to capture the really important emotional moments. I, I think you all, as photographers, have such amazing opportunity because of the visual nature and the emotional nature of the work that you do. Even if you're being hired by somebody in human resources to take pictures at the holiday party, let's say, if you, if the, if you take the best picture of the CEO that he's ever had taken, you're going to get a hundred more gigs out of that company because you're going to be the only person that the CEO trusts from that point forward. I really do like the idea of the printed. Um, and I've looked at things. There's like designglow.com has some great templates for printed resources. There's also MagCloud, which you can get. Um, you can print like a little printed magazine. That could be a fun way to like 
just have these four dollars per print instead of like printing high end but there's a ton of potential there and you're right if I was in that position and I got something tangible like that and I could like look at the print quality and I could I could read these testimonials that's definitely going to make a difference so last thing let's focus on you said you had some tips for getting testimonials and I think the idea of getting one a week for some people might kind of sound scary to like continuously get those but for others might be like oh of course I should be doing this so what are your tips for getting those testimonials great so first thing you have to realize is the best people to get testimonials from are clients the second best people are what I call evangelists they're people who know you like you and trust you but they've never paid for your services but they recommend you to others so you know, somebody who hasn't used you as a photographer, but they've, you know, they were the assistant director of HR and they've seen your work for 15 years as you took pictures for this company, right? So they're an evangelist for your work. So either clients or evangelists. Now here's what you're going to do. Step one, make a list of all those people, clients and evangelists, everyone that tells you how great you are, tells you what great, what a, what a great job you did. That's step one. You should have probably depending on how long you've been in business your list should be at least 25 to 50 or sometimes even 100 people or more the second thing you're going to do is you're going to reach out to them and you're going to reconnect with them and you're just going to connect with them to see how they're doing hey it's dave i'm you know voicemail just calling to catch up see how you're doing see how things are in your business and in your life just want to see what's up um you know call me back when you get a chance and then just have a conversation checking in with them. Don't ask for anything, just a conversation to check in with them. That's step two. Step three, after you've had that conversation to check in with them, is if they have a business and you've used their services, write a testimonial for them. Very easy. And why are you going to do that? Because two reasons. Number one, it establishes goodwill. And two, it triggers the psychological principle of reciprocity. When they get the testimonial from you, they're going to go, oh, my gosh, that Allie, she's so sweet. She just gave me a testimonial. She says that I'm the best widget manufacturer she's ever known. That's fantastic. Now, when you call, they're going to call and thank you. And you're going to say, hey, I no problem. I know you do the same for me. And when you say that, no problem, of course, it was an honor to do it for you. I know you do the same for me. They're going to say, of course. And then you're going to say, hey, you know, now that I think of it, why don't we jump on a Zoom call together and I'll ask you three questions. You answer those three questions and then you just say your name and the town that you live in or you say your name and the name of your company and I'll edit it and send it to you. And if you like it, that'll be your testimonial. What do you think? And they'll go sure that's easy to take take maybe 10 minutes I'll, I'll do it for you absolutely so i've given you a whole process for that there now if you want the testimonial on letterhead here's what i what i like to have people do sometimes people want testimonials and they want to put them on yelp or they want to put them uh if you're if you're really into weddings you want to put them on the some of the bridal sites you're gonna you're gonna follow that same process you're just going to direct them then after they do the zoom call with you set you're gonna say to them listen I'm going to uh, do the testimonial and I'm gonna transcribe it if you wouldn't mind after after you get it just copy and paste it into Yelp it would I mean I hate to impose on you but it would be a really big deal to me you know about half of them will will do it the key is if you capture it on the zoom call it's painless you're gonna ask them the questions you're gonna cut yourself out asking the questions and it'll they'll, they'll just be there answering the questions for you. What I do in a corporate setting is I have people follow that whole process and then they set up the they 
they set up the Zoom call, and sometimes they'll ask all three questions up front, and the person will come on and they'll go, hi, I'm Dave Lorenzo, and I'm here to give uh, a testimonial today for Ali. Let me tell you, Ali is the best possible photographer, and here are the three reasons why, boom, boom, boom. I highly recommend you use Allie, whether you're shooting a corporate event or a social event. She's the absolute best. My name is Dave Lorenzo. I live in Miami, Florida, and the name of my company is the Dave Lorenzo Company. That's it. It's over and it's done with. So getting them on the video and then pitching them the questions and just having them answer the questions is the easiest way to do it. Giving the testimonial in advance, you will find that some people, about 20% of the people, unprompted, will immediately give you a testimonial right back after you do that. I know for, for me, for example, whenever somebody gives me a testimonial on LinkedIn or if for my podcast, if somebody does a, an iTunes review for my podcast and I recognize the name and they have a show and I've listened to the show, I immediately go and do an iTunes review for their show because, I mean, I feel like I got to after they've, after they've done something so nice for me. So it's really, really valuable and you make it, you make it absolutely brain dead simple by getting them on video. You can even do it on Skype, You're getting them on video, asking them the questions, and then you just cut out yourself asking them the questions and get them to introduce themselves at the end. I like that you say get them on, get them on video, because this was kind of a mistake that I ran across when I started emailing recently. So I just kind of emailed the people who I had worked with the most over the years, who I had a personal relationship with, who have even become friends. And they were very excited to do it. And every and I kind of just said, oh, just like do about a minute video, answer these questions. And they all wrote back and they're like, what time do you want to get on this call? And I was like, oh, I just meant like do it and send it. And I think that they just find it so much easier to just get on a call, answer the questions and be done and it somehow to them felt a little bit harder like they didn't know if they were giving me the right thing when I just straight up asked them to do it so I think that's from experience doing it slightly wrong um, I think that's a really good idea to get them right on a call let me give you one more thing you can do at uh, at some social events and you need to get permission from the host first but what you should uh, what you should do is you should say to the host hey listen I'm going to um, you, you've asked me to shoot still photos um, I'd also like people to just give us their impression of the wedding as a whole and how they're feeling on that day. Would you be okay if I captured this, uh, you know, this event with just maybe a dozen quick one minute videos? You give me the list of people that you, you know, I'm going to say, Hey, we want to say something nice to the bride and groom and I'll capture it on video. Right. And uh, no, no extra charge. Happy to do it for you. This is going to be raw video. You can edit it however you want. They're going to say fine. Okay. Here's the reason that you're doing it. When you get to the bride and groom, you're going to say, all right, now give me, uh, give me a, you know, a quick one minute about all the events of this day and the things that were so special to you about this day. Bride and groom's going to say it. So when you deliver the proofs to them, whether you do it in person or they're reviewing, uh, and by the way, really, really important point that we didn't get to, uh, we didn't get to discuss Anytime you're delivering work product, you need to be there to talk them through it. Don't just send the proofs in a box and have them look through them or send them to, you know, an online light box where they can look through the proofs. My preference is that you review the proofs with them where you can interact with them. And what I want you to do is if you do these one minute video snippets at the end, after you them the video of themselves and oh my god how happy they were it was the best day of my life you say to them listen i would love it if the two of you since we're since we're on zoom together can just 
say something similar about how we work together and how, how much you enjoyed our relationship. I could really use the testimonial for my website. Oh, you're the best. Of course I would. Wait, let me dry my eyes. And then they're going to do it right then and there on the spot. So you review the proofs. Uh, and if it's a, if it's an online light box, you're doing it with them and you can ask them for a testimonial right then and there while they're reviewing the proofs. This is, is you showing your best work because you're not going to show them all the crappy stuff. You're going to show them the 20 best shots that you got, and then you're going to let them review the hundreds of others on their own. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good point. I've I've thought about that, like how I can do it more in the moment. I've even thought for portrait sessions because a lot of times at the end, especially again men, they tend to be more resistant and they'll be like, "Oh wow, that was actually fun. I didn't think it would be so much fun." And I feel like maybe that's an opportunity then to be like, "Hey, can I just like get out of camera and have you quick say that?" And I don't know if I need to incentivize. I've kind of gone back and forth like. Is that going to make them feel awkward? But I guess maybe it's just experimenting. Well, what you can do is you can say, hey, would you mind if I would you mind if I um, shoot a video just for, you know, just for our use and we can cut it down and use it as a behind the scenes video later on? I'll give you a copy. You can do whatever you want with it. So you've got like a, you've got like a GoPro running in the background with a with a wide shot of you shooting it. And then when he says that, oh, wow, that was actually fun. You cut that out, and at the end, you say, hey, would you mind if I use this as a testimonial? And you have him, you know, to, to kind of be a, like a time and date stamp, you have him say his name and the company he's with at the beginning, right? And then you can put it together. That behind the scenes, that one little snippet, that 20-second snippet, you can use that as a testimonial for your website, with his permission, of course. But then he has the behind the scenes video, and his in-house AV department can cut it down and do whatever they want with it. That's another great way. We found... Over the years, I used to do, uh, I'm planning on doing, again, live events like crazy. And we shoot everything. And here's the reason why we shoot everything. When you shoot everything, you're going to capture some of the candid, some of the candid moments you capture are going to be more valuable than the planned shots that you have. So... You've got technology now where you have, you know, you have six hour batteries on some of these cameras or you can plug them in. You have a, a card that'll last three, four, five hours. Change the card out once if you have to. Keeps keep a camera rolling at all times with permission so that you can capture some of that really great stuff. And then candidly, you can slip into the conversation. How's everything going? Oh my God, Ali, you're the best. This is the best event we've ever had. And you're the best photographer I've ever seen. At the end of the event, when you go to present the proofs, you have that and you can say, would you mind if I use this? And it's candid. It's off the cuff. It's the most valuable marketing material you're ever going to have. I think there are a lot of ways we can get creative. Definitely. That's I think just in general, like seeking out step by step, getting into testimonials, I can see being really important. Um, OK, so where can people find more information from you, Dave? Where can they you know, get your book, your your great insights? Where, they, where can they follow you? Yeah, thanks so much for asking. So we prepared a, a special offer just for uh, Photo Field Notes listeners. DaveLorenzo.com forward slash Photo Field Notes all together, no hyphens or anything. DaveLorenzo.com forward slash Photo Field Notes. When you go there, you're going to have an opportunity to get free stuff, and then there's really cheap stuff. So you can get, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast. You can get a free copy of my latest book. All you have to do is buy one at regular price. We'll give you one for free. You can also get a free consultation if you buy a book. Just go to DaveLorenzo.com forward slash photo field notes. That's not a gift from me. That's a gift from Allie. So thank her when you go there. Uh, that's just because we really appreciate, I really appreciate you having me on here, Allie, today. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Dave. Thanks for listening. Check out show notes at photofieldnotes.com. And if you loved this episode, 
leave your review on iTunes. See you next week.